Arizona Sports, Wolf and Luke. This is Behind Enemy Lines. Gathering intel on this week's Cardinals opponent from Inside Enemy Base Camp. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Your retirement is on the clock. Execute your game plan today by visiting canvasannuity.com. All right, we have talked about this uh, Cardinals-Chiefs matchup from the Cardinals side of things quite a bit this week. But now we're going to go from uh, the other side, get the other perspective, and figure out how the Chiefs are approaching this one. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Dan and Hughes, Chiefs color analyst, former NFL receiver as well. Uh, Dan, and thanks for the time. How are you doing today? Doing all right, guys. Ready to get out there to the desert and watch some football. We got a, a good glimpse of an AFC NFC matchup last night and I think everybody around here in Chiefs Kingdom are ready to get the Chiefs going this year and uh, we start out there with you guys and the Cardinals so it's going to be fun. Oh I cannot wait for it Dan and honestly I look forward to meeting you as well. The expectations the expectations for for the Kansas City Chiefs going into this season where are they? Well I think we've been spoiled I mean, when you talk about winning six straight AFC West division titles, hosting four straight AFC championships, going to two Super Bowls, like, that's where we are. Where Our mindset is getting to the promised land and, and hopefully starting the season in Arizona and ending the season in Arizona in February. Uh, that's kind of the the aura, the mantra of this organization since Andy Reid has come here. It's never been about just making the playoffs. Obviously, you have to start with winning games and winning games in your division, but the ultimate goal is is to get back to that promised land. And uh, we feel like we got a lot of weapons. We've retooled in a lot of ways. We've gone from one of the older teams, as far as roster is concerned, to one of the younger teams. I think our average age is 25.32 years old now. We had 10 draft picks after the Tyreek Hill trade, and Hmm. many of those draft picks are going to contribute on Sunday. So uh, there's a lot of different excitement, and and you guys know as well as I do, sometimes there's there's a fan base that gets excited before the season starts, and then there's a fan base that has anxiety before before the the first game. You know, they, they wonder about all the question marks, and there are going to be questions with the youth movement that we've had, but I Everybody feels real comfortable about it. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Talking to Dan and Hughes, Chiefs color analyst ahead of Sunday's Cardinals-Chiefs matchup now. Dan, and you mentioned in there the name Tyreek Hill. I know Andy Reid right after that move said you know, they don't plan on changing their offensive philosophy, at least. Uh, but you, you lost a big guy. Now you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and, and you've got some weapons. But how do you see the offense looking Sunday compared to what it looked like the last time we saw it? I think it's going to just look different. Now, the question that has gone on is, is the offense going to be any better or any worse? I think the offense is going to be just as good, maybe even better. Now, that's not a knock to Tyreek Hill. He's one of the most special talents that I've ever seen in the NFL. I mean, you're talking for me, this is my perspective. You've seen guys like Barry Sanders, Jim Browns back in the day, uh, you know, the, the Deion Sanders, the Bo Jacksons, like, when you see, when you really dial in to watch how Tyreek Hill pretty much embarrasses defenses every time he had the ball, that's something special because it puts you in the rare, that rare fraternity of special players that, that have come along in the NFL. So he's going to be missed. 
I mean, we don't have a guy that's going to catch a bubble screen, make six Bills defenders miss, <laughs> and run for 70 yards down the sideline. Right. We're, we don't have that. We're, we're going to have the more conventional West Coast offense with bigger receivers. I mean, our receiving core has, has gone from McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill was on the field last year. Both of those guys are below six foot. We had Demarcus Robinson, who is a little bit above six foot. Now we have Juju, who's listed at six one. He's more like six two. Marquez Valdez Scantling, six four. You got Justin Watson, who came over from Tampa. He's six two. So you got bigger guys that are gonna look that we're gonna look to see if we can create mismatches. And then there's there's this this other guy we got, this Travis Kelsey guy. I mean, nobody really knows about him. But we got him at the tight end position, and he's an automatic mismatch against any DB or linebacker as well. So it's going to look different. I mean, we, don't, we won't have the oohs and ahs like we had with Tyreek Hill, but I think it's going to be just as productive. You know what's just amazing about that, man? Tyreek Hill, and I'd love to get your take on this because I know you were a receiver as well and once a receiver in the NFL, always a receiver yeah. in the NFL, right, Dan? And, but yeah. Tyreek Hill was so impactful even when he didn't get the ball. That was the thing yeah. that made him so special to me. You guys obviously don't have a receiver, I think, now like Tyreek Hill. But I agree with you. I think your receiving core overall might be better. Talk, who's your best receiver right now, do you think? Who's going to get a lot of what Tyreek got? Well, here, here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes had a press conference this past week, and he said, and I really believe him. I know we get a lot of coach talk and we get a lot of cliches at, at press conferences because guys don't really want to say what they really don't want to say. But he, I think one of the honest statements he made was, every week it's probably going to be somebody different. And I've talked to people who are in fantasy football leagues, and there's some fantasy football owners that didn't even pick a Chiefs receiver until late because they just don't know who's going to be the guy. And then whoever that guy is, you don't know if he's going to be the guy week to week. And I think that's the 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 purity of our offense and the, the genius of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy is that they're going to showcase different guys. They're going to exploit defenses differently each and every week. If you forced me to pick one guy, I kind of feel like Juju is a great blend that he could mm. be a big-time playmaker. He's bigger. He's physical. He doesn't mind going across the middle. He makes some plays in the intermediate routes as well. And if you put him in the right position, he can exploit one-on-one coverage and make big plays down the field. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, is a, is, he's a fast guy. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers he put up, with Aaron Rodgers, he's used to playing with a great quarterback. He's used to making big plays down the field, and I think he's going to have he's going to be a huge asset as well. And then McCall Hardman, he's coming upon mm-hmm. a contract year. Tyreek Hill is gone. Some of the the plays, the gadgets, the bubble screens that Tyreek ran, they're going to look to McCall Hardman because he's shifty and he's fast as well. He's got something to prove uh, to be out of the shadow of Tyreek Hill. So. Each of these guys is going to be – it's going to be different. And, and I think it's going to be unique. But, like, if you if you got one of our receivers on your fantasy football team, it might be a tough, tough season because each mm-hmm. week you might go from six or seven catches for 120 and a touchdown or two to two catches the next week for 50 yards and no touchdowns because somebody else elevated their game. 
Dan, and we appreciate the time, man. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you again down the line. All right, thank you. All right. Okay, buddy. Thank you. That's Dan and Hughes right there. Color, uh, Kansas City Chiefs color analyst joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. I almost said good luck, and I was like, well, hold on. I hope you have a good now. season, but, not, but not, not necessarily on, on Sunday. Uh, Wolf, we got some big news when we come back. Somebody on the Arizona Cardinals just got an extension, and it's who you want it to be, I think. We'll come back and talk about that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Okay, Wolf on a football Friday. I'm going to go ahead and put what I'm about to say in the positive category for the Arizona Cardinals. And I think maybe we all sensed something was coming when Marcus Golden was back on the field at practice yesterday. This from Field Yates just a couple minutes ago. Cardinals and Marcus Golden have agreed to a one-year extension through 2023 worth up to $6.5 million per source. Arizona extends its top pass rusher who's coming off of an 11-sack season, the third double-digit sack season of his career. That's a long tweet, Field. How'd you fit all those in there? Yeah. 280 characters. A lot of characters right there. So how many years is this? It's an extension through next season worth up to $6.5 million. So it's going to be this season, of course, and next season. Yeah. There we go. Ron Wolfley speculating as to how many seasons it's going to include. Speculating Um, even with the numbers right in front of us. So that is awesome right there. Okay, good for Marcus Golden. Good for the Cardinals. Good for Marcus Golden and good for the Arizona Cardinals. They got that done. Um, We all kind of suspected this, right? Suddenly, (laughs) there's no talk about the toe. There's no Well, Marcus did say today that he dropped a 50-pound kettle bell or kettleball on his right. toe and fractured it. Yeah. Oh, that that's seriously. Less that's than ideal. No joke. That's probably not that had to hurt doing. so bad yeah. right there. But yeah, I think, you know, at some point in time, he was ready to go, right? When probably. did you do that? When did you do that? You're out there practicing. Boy, this timed up beautifully. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. This is This is the way that it goes in the National Football League. He is now an Arizona Cardinal and he is going to be an Arizona Cardinal for the next two years. Here we go. Head for Marcus Golden. Good for Marcus Golden. I know we talked about this a lot when we were kind of speculating, all right, is, is this a hold-in? Is he injured? Is it both? Whatever. It kind of sounds like maybe it was a little bit of both. But at the same time, uh, this is a guy you had to get. You had to get him taken care of. He wasn't making much. Now, I can't. You know, I keep coming back to what you have said, Wolf, of like, you did sign the contract. I, I'm telling you, I would never have done it. You okay? can't, well, you can't have everybody that's like, well, I actually outperformed my contract last year holding in or holding out or whatever for more money. But the flip side is teams can ask you to take less money. And I do think Marcus Golden would fit into the special exception category because he really wasn't making much by NFL right. standards. And he was huge for them last year. And I think he's going to be huge for them this year, not just because you need him on the field for the sacks. How many of these young players on defense, and most of them are young, most of their pass rushers, have you and I talked to just on this show and they have brought up Marcus Golden and how much they look up to him and how much they kind of follow him. Yes. And then for him to not be practicing for five weeks or whatever, like they needed him back. Yes. And not just for his stats, for like the defense as a whole. Yeah, you know you know what I love most, I think, about Marcus Golden Basinonians is the fact that he is the epitome of what a football player should be. Try hard. Try really, really hard. 
Use whatever God has given you and use it to everything you possibly can. Max it out. Try hard. And that's what he does. He tries really, really hard. That's a great example and a great message to send to everybody else that is walking around that locker room. It's one of the reasons why he's so regarded and respected on that team. They love Marcus Golden. There isn't a guy in that locker room who doesn't like Marcus Golden. Not to my knowledge. And it's because he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He, he, he embodies the essence of the game, which is to give everything you got and play to the ground with blood under your nails to do it. And he does. He does, and he's one of those guys that is a leader and a glue guy, and I think a lot of it just simply is by example. Like, there's no... Marcus Golden, I mean, he's, we talk about this all the time. He's he's my favorite player to play audio from on this show because he doesn't... He doesn't mince words. It's there's never there's never like a passive aggressive statement when he's talking about football and you know it's that way on the field too. Not to mention the fact that he's really their only established pass rusher other than JJ Watt. And JJ Watt is looking more and more questionable for Sunday by you know the what day. I, I'm so glad you brought that up too. Just just go ahead and look at Marcus Golden. Watch his pass rushes. Watch him try harder than the other guy. And oh, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs have had some try-hard issues with Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see that matchup right there. Andy Reid, earlier this year, as a matter of fact, in training camp, called him out. He did. And I don't think... and It's never this cut and dry, right? But I don't think the Cardinals had a shot at winning this game if they didn't have Marcus Golden on the field. When you start to look at all the other guys that weren't playing and how many you were going to need, you were going to need the extraordinary, as you always say, Wolf. Yeah. Like you were going to need the Isaiah chief. Simmons to <laughs> get an interception. You were going to need, I don't even know who, to get like a strip sack of Patrick Mahomes. You were going to need Kyler Murray to play out of his mind, but he's running out of receivers, too. So it is, <laughs> for all the, the potentially bad news they've been getting over the last couple of weeks with players that all of a sudden you might not have for the opener, this is good news because you got to have Marcus Golden out there. There's just not a lot of guys on this team right now that are established at doing what he does. You know, one of the things that um, I typically despised as a player is to be labeled inspirational. Okay? Okay. That, that used to drive me nuts. Okay? I, it was, you know, that, that's what people would say about me. He's inspirational. Look at Roddy Wolfley. He's out there, he's 218 pounds, he's played fullback, and look at the way he's trying hard. What's your problem, Mr. Talented Superstar? <laughs> it doesn't sound right? as good when I you mean, say little Ronnie Wolfley after that's, it. But that's the way it, it always made me feel. Yeah. Boy, he's inspirational. <laughs> Bill Belichick once said that. Once said that about me in front of the, what was it? I forget where it was in Cleveland, ladies and gentlemen. But it, he got up and he said, you know, he's an inspiration guy for our team and I was like no way okay but hold on say that and I hear what you're saying like it's not the best if everybody's oh look he's an inspiration to us all that that he's even able to play football like okay good yeah but if Belichick says it how many times have you ever heard Bill Belichick say anybody was inspirational yeah yeah still though it just made me feel like you know what oh good look at little Ronnie Wolfie running down the field if he can do it you can do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and that's what he meant. But, you know, again, 
Um, do you think Marcus Golden is inspirational to his teammates? Yes. That's what I'm saying. We've heard it from these guys, even these rookies that we talked to. They, the, the first guy, the first guy a lot of the rookies brought up before they had met anybody was, oh, I want to meet JJ Watt. Even Trey McBride, I'll never forget. The one offensive rookie we had in on the show that day was like, yeah, I want to meet JJ Watt. Like, you're a tight end. But <laughs> all, tight end. all of these other guys, like, uh, Victor Demukeji and MyJ Sanders and, and Cameron Thomas, all of these guys, either young players or, or flat out rookies on defense, they always reference Marcus Golden. Once training camp started, that's that's who they were referencing consistently. And so I hope the Cardinals didn't lose too much by not having him out there for five weeks. Maybe he wasn't going to be out there for all of that anyway if he really dropped a 50-pound kettlebell on his toe. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I don't advise that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't advise that as well. This is, man, this is great news overall. It truly is for the Cardinals. Um, he's He's going to be a guy. He's going to be a guy that should make a difference and could make a difference in this game right here. It's not going to be a situation where he's going to line up and just flat out beat somebody. But his try-hard approach and the dog mentality that he brings is going to help everybody else around him. And that's exactly what Vance Joseph needs. And the reason why Vance needs is because Vance Joseph is going to get sacks and generate pressure via scheme scheme is okay we're gonna have to execute this we're gonna have to execute it we're gonna have to disguise it we're gonna have to hide it we're gonna have to keep the offensive protection guessing as to what it is we're gonna have to do that takes a lot of experience and it takes a lot of know-how and it takes a lot of effort and that's the way that this team is going to get pressure on an opponent and Marcus Golden is all of those things. It's, this had to happen. I mean, there was just there was no way around it. You talk about leverage. If if any of this was actually a contract, which I think we all believe it was, if you look at the Cardinals, Wolf, it's going to be tough to beat the Chiefs on Sunday anyway. It's always tough to beat the Chiefs. But if you're going to tell me, okay, the Cardinals. First game of the season, got a bunch of injuries on offense. By the way, J.J. Watt might not play. You lost Chandler Jones, and you don't have Marcus Golden and Patrick Mahomes. And yes. apparently a very motivated Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are coming to town. Come on. like At some point, you got to draw the line of, we actually need the Cardinals out there, not just all the second and third stringers wearing the Cardinals uniforms. Marcus Golden potentially swings things in a big way for Sunday. Yes, it was Dayton. The Dayton Browns backers. That's what it was. There it is. Oh, I feel so much better. Oh, the Belichick thing? Yes, the okay. Belichick thing. All right. That used to be, it's the biggest Browns backers in all the world. And there's a lot of them all over the world. Browns backers. It's the biggest group in Dayton. So don't go to Dayton and say good things about the Bengals. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Speaking of players that could swing things on Sundays, which players do we believe are going to be the focal point against the Chiefs? Fulcrum Football is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? And that's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. All right, first regular season edition of Fulcrum Football for 2022 is here, Wolf. The rules, in case anybody doesn't uh, remember last year and 
know, it was a while ago. Uh, we're going to pick the players from Cardinals Chiefs, so they can be Cardinals or Chiefs Wolves. That not it's not who are the best players on each team. It's who are the players most likely to swing this specific game on Sunday. And we try to avoid quarterbacks, but sometimes quarterbacks it's it's unavoidable. But uh, here we go. Oh. You won. Oh, I won. You right. go first well, at Fulcrum Football. Okay, there's, there's a lot in this one. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the Cardinals, and I'm going to start on defense. And I think this guy may be the biggest unknown with the highest upside. I'm going to go with Isaiah Simmons. Da, 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 da. Isaiah Simmons, I, I shouldn't have to explain, but he's wearing the green dot. He's going to be on the field, I would assume, almost the entire game. Among other things, he's going to be tasked with slowing down Travis Kelsey while also probably playing some inside linebacker, edge rusher, uh, corner, maybe safety. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Isaiah Simmons. Okay, that's a good one right there. There's no denying it. Um, Okay, my my first player of Fulcrum football has got to be Rodney Hudson. Yeah, that's right, Rodney Hudson. I like big boots and I cannot lie. Stop it with that. Rodney Hudson does have a big can, there's no doubt, but he uses it very, very well. He's the classic butt gut. He takes his gut, he sticks it on somebody else, and then moves moves his butt and moves his gut doing it. And Rodney Hudson does it as well as any center in the league. That's going to be really, really important. Why? Because of Chris Jones. Chris Jones is one of the best interior pass rushers in the National Football League. The Arizona Cardinals need that interior pocket to be stout, and Rodney Hudson is going to be at the center of that, literally. Yeah, Rodney Hudson, my first Fulcrum football player. All right, that's a good first round. Okay, I'll come back here. I'm going to go with the Chief, and I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Carry on. So, with Kelsey, uh, Wolf, look... There's, we just had uh, Dan and Hughes on, the Chiefs color analyst, and he talked about all the new pieces the Chiefs have on offense. They've obviously lost Tyreek Hill. The running game is sort of up and down for the Chiefs historically. Uh, but Travis Kelsey is the one sure thing you have on that offense other than Patrick Mahomes. I don't expect the Cardinals to shut Travis Kelsey down, but if you can slow him down, that's yeah. that's part of the recipe for beating Kansas City. Okay, you're going to see a theme that is going to be carried over with my picks, and that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. My second fulcrum football player is Will Hernandez. I like big butts and I cannot lie. I do want... <laughs> I am seeing a thing. You kind of set me up on that one. And Stop the, it. I, I realize... Listen, uh, that's how important it's going to be to run the ball against the Kansas City Chiefs. Run the ball against the Chiefs defense that gives up 4.77 yards Per game and per carry. Okay, again, go back and look at the entire season for the Kansas City Chiefs last year. They gave up 4.77 yards per carry. That's great. That is number 31 in the National Football League. The Arizona Cardinals need to run the ball. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, for the most part, they invite you to run the ball especially when they got a 14-point lead in the game. They want you to run the ball. But, man, early in that first half, the Cardinals need to run it, keep Kyler Murray in a balanced offense. That's going to be huge. And Will Hernandez will be right at the heart of that. Well, Wolf, I am picking up on a pattern. And so with my next pick, it's Lipinski for the block. I'm going with James Conner. I like big G. 
Okay, you're going to go with Gian. It was James Conner. Here, let me just let me give you some reasons why. I think the run's going to be really big on Sunday, especially in the first half of the game. The Chiefs will allow you to run later in the game if they're up by 14, but where you can really get to them is by running early. No, look, James Conner, do I... Do I think it's fair to count on him to put up 15 rushing touchdowns like he did last year? Maybe not, but that is what he does, and he does it pretty well. And and there's no, it's not a coincidence that when he's getting in the end zone, the Cardinals are winning, and when he isn't, they're not. Okay, um, the reason why it's so important to protect Kylo Murray, that's why I had two offensive linemen, is because you have to be able to run the ball, and that's part of protecting Kylo Murray. But my third fulcrum football player has got to be Hollywood Brown. Let's go! You didn't see that coming, did you? You thought I was going to take Justin Pugh or Calvin Beecham. Whatever, whatever. I'll do what I want. I did not. (laughs) No, I'm going to go with Hollywood Brown because, once again, running the ball, this is a grand scheme of things. You've got to be more physical than the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how you have to beat them in between the white lines is to be more physical offensively and defensively than they are. Running the ball allows you to be more physical. Running the ball allows you to protect Kyler Murray so that he can go ahead and chuck it up to Hollywood Brown, baby, on some form of play action. It's going to be critical for the Arizona Cardinals offense to score points. A shootout is on its way at State Farm Stadium, and the Cardinals metaphorically have got to load their pistol. Hollywood Brown helps them do that. All right, Wolf, I'm going to go back to the Chiefs for my fourth pick, and I am going to go with a a man you have referenced quite a bit this week. Even when we had Cliff on on Tuesday, we asked about him. Chris Jones. Finish him. 41 sacks over the last four years. And I don't know if it's because you don't typically think defense when you think of the Chiefs, uh, but Chris Jones is not a guy that gets talked about nearly enough considering what he can do to an opposing quarterback. If the Cardinals are going to win this game on Sunday, you got to keep Chris Jones away from Kyler Murray as much as you get. 41 sacks over four years is pretty consistent. Oh, yeah. This is a a great football player, Chris Jones, right there. That's an excellent pick by you. All right, you know what? I'm going to crumble under the pressure right now. Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm just going to go with the quarterback. I'm going to say Kyler. I know. I did When is the last time we saw Kyler Murray, Basin Onions? We saw him against the Rams in a playoff game. Yeah, the images of that performance. And it wasn't just Kyler Murray, ladies and gentlemen. It was the entire team. But Kyler Murray is a quarterback. And now he's a quarterback that is, without a doubt, a franchise quarterback. That is making $230 million. Well, okay, that might be a little steep right there, okay? He's making a lot of money. Trust me on this one. He's just not making that in one year. He got got the Brinks truck backed up. Kyler Murray has got to go out and play well, and I expect him to. All right, so to recap, the most pivotal players in our Fulcrum football picks for this week. You have uh, Rodney Hudson, Will Hernandez, Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray. 
I went with Isaiah Simmons, Travis Kelsey, James Conner, and Chris Jones. Wolf completely just saying, forget it, I'm not drafting a Chief in Fulcrum football. Not at all. Not how I'm rolling. This is all about the offense for the Arizona Cardinals. All right, that was uh, Fulcrum football week one edition. When we come back, after what you saw from the Rams last night, could the NFC West actually be a little more open than people expect? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. You know, Wolf, you, uh, as you brought up last segment to justify taking a quarterback in Fulcrum football, although I would allow it this week, you brought up the last time we saw Kyler Murray or any of the Cardinals was in that game against the Rams last year, and immediately two images come to mind from that Rams game. Buda Baker being hurt. Yeah. Kyler Murray getting sacked and just chucking the ball sideways for the pick six. Yeah. And those were two of, I don't know, a thousand horrible moments in that game. But I think that maybe explains why I really enjoyed watching the Rams just get manhandled last night by the Buffalo Bills. And I, you know, I get it. The Rams aren't done because they lost to Buffalo. They didn't look good. They never looked good, even when the score was 10-10. Buffalo looked the part of the Super Bowl favorite that they are. But that was enjoyable watching Matthew Stafford throw three interceptions, and and they couldn't block Jordan Phillips at all. That part wasn't as enjoyable (laughs) just because Jordan Phillips never got going like that here. You don't get me started on that one. Come on, that annoyed us all. Did (laughs) it it not? That was like the one, like, that was the one negative in that game last year. Yeah, listen, I thought the game sucked buttermilk for the most part because the fourth quarter was a coronation. It really wasn't a contest no, at it all. It wasn't a competition. And not only that, too, I, I would say it was a poorly played game for the most part. There were seven turnovers in this game. Seven. Yeah. Josh Allen did have two interceptions, but, you know, the first one was not his fault at all. Sure. You know, f- I I agree with that, but he did throw a bad pick he did. to me. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, four by the Rams, four turnovers. Three Matthew Stafford picks, uh, you know, batted into the air for the most part. Well, not that first and one. That first one was, hey, you're on the other team. Was so bad. It was, it was a bad, it was a bad interception. Um, it was won a game from him. Stafford got sacked seven times. Seven times, basically. I mean, that is, that's Joe Burrow stuff right there. But Matthew Stafford isn't built like Joe Burrow. If, in fact, Matthew Stafford suffers that amount of sacks per game, there's no way he's going to make it out of October. Um, the Rams couldn't run the ball and really didn't try to run the ball to the degree I thought they would. Um, they did not. They were in this game for a half, and they did not commit to running the ball the way I thought they would. Yeah, they they kind of ran with Daryl Henderson. There was a lot of talk that they were going to use. They had three backs, really, because uh, the, the rookie they drafted, although he got hurt and is apparently out for six weeks now. But uh, they never really got tried to even get uh, Cam Akers involved, and uh, Daryl Henderson really just never got going. And like you said, they didn't really commit to him long enough for him to get going. So the question coming out of this now is is there any chance the L.A. Rams are potentially subject to the Super Bowl hangover? We haven't seen a team win back-to-back Super Bowls since the Patriots in, like, what, the early, mid-2000s? Now, you cannot win the Super Bowl and still have a very good year. Yeah. So, 
did they show any vulnerabilities to you? Specifically on what you said about the sacks. You give up seven sacks. It's a good defense with Buffalo. But is there something there that could potentially be exploited because their offensive line is a little bit different this year? Yeah, now there were two things that I wrote down and I thought, my goodness, there's going to be teams that are really going to test the Bills in this regard right now. I test the Rams, excuse me, in this regard. I thought the Buffalo Bills controlled the line of scrimmage and were the more physical team up front. And um, Aaron Donald, of course, is Aaron Donald. But that really opened things up for the Bills as well. So I think running the ball is going to be key when you play the Rams. But I think the biggest indicator, the Bills' blueprint for what they were going to do defensively I think, um, to Matthew Stafford. That, to me, really got my attention. They rush four and, and drop seven mm-hmm. a lot. They they literally did that in playing a lot of two deep, covered two, two high safeties, five underneath, playing a lot of two deep and variations thereof, and it worked, Luke. It really did. It, it was It was one of the reasons why they won that game, and I wonder if you're going to see teams try to emulate what it was the Bills did. I think you have to. I mean, it's a copycat league. The Rams' next game is Atlanta, so maybe they can't do it. And then obviously they come here for week three. They play the 49ers in week four. The 49ers always play the Rams pretty well anyway. Uh, so we'll see. I just I didn't watch that game last night and think, oh, the Rams, they're overrated. Oh, they were frauds last year. I mean, they, they should have won the no. Super Bowl last year, and they did. Sorry if Joukowsky Tart makes that catch. Maybe they don't get there, but they were still the best team last Although year. Although the Rams' offensive line looked highly suspect. It, it did. It did. And that's the thing is, did you watch that game last night and think, okay, but maybe everybody was too quick to just crown them NFC West champs. Oh, they're just a lock. Because that feels like that was the division, and I did this too, where you're going through and you're like, okay, uh, who's going to win the NFC East? Oh, that could be Philly. It could be Dow. Okay, well, now who's going to win, you know, the AFC West? Oh, there's NFC West. We'll just put the Rams in. We won't even think about it. And I think they probably still win the division. But Cooper Cup went off last night, and they lost by 21, and it wasn't even that close. Yeah. So not not invincible by any means. Yeah, and again, Matthew Stafford did not play great either or either if you're from the East Coast. Listen, Josh Allen though was really the he was the story of this game, was he not? Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. goodness. This guy, what a baller Josh Allen is. I you know, he threw two picks. The first one like you said really wasn't his fault. The second one was a bad pick and yet he played fantastic. <laughs> he just played Lights well, out. And he played lights out against the Rams defense, which is pretty good. He added Bobby Wagner. I know you lost Von Miller, and if you forgot, then he sacked your quarterback a couple times last night just to drive the point home. That's a that's a pretty good Rams defense, and Josh Allen made them look pretty pedestrian for most of that game. Yeah, you know, 112 quarterback rating for Josh Allen, and then he rushed, what, 10 times for 56 yards. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the way he was running the ball, ladies and gentlemen, he's a football player. Josh Allen is a football player. And if you know the way I feel about quarterbacks, quarterbacks for the most part are not. They're quarterbacks. Yes, they play in the game of football, but quarterbacks are completely different in terms of their mentality for the most part, in terms of what they do on any given Sunday, they don't engage in the essence of the game, which is to drive somebody into the ground to physically throw yourself up against another person. Whether you're playing man cover 
or trying to run a dig route, whatever it may be, you're not physically trying to best somebody when you play quarterback in the NFL. Guess what? Josh Allen last night, he did. Lamar Jackson does it as well. Yes, there are moments. There are moments where a quarterback will throw themselves up against somebody else, but that doesn't mean they're built that way. You look at Josh Allen play, oh my goodness, the intensity. The intensity dripping from Josh Allen when he plays the game, he's playing it like a football player. Lamar Jackson does it, but he does it without a contract extension now because today was his deadline to hit that deal, and Lamar, uh, what, they did what, not hit that deal. What's going on? This is fascinating. Here's Sean McVay after the game last night. We weren't ready to go. Um, I take a lot of uh, you know pride in that, and that's on me. I got to do better. There was a lot of decisions that I made that I felt like didn't put our players in good enough spots. This was a humbling experience, but we're going to stay connected. We're going to all look inward. We're going to do a better job moving forward, but you give credit to the Bills, and then we've got to understand that we've got to have that mindset and mentality to be able to move forward accordingly yeah look i mean as we sit here and try and poke holes in the rams i can be talked into matthew stafford is shaky at times he, he is he was even shaky at times last year other than the last couple minutes of the super bowl <laughs> right. which is when it matters most <laughs> but you know you can talk me into they don't know who their running back is yet maybe they have some potential issues on the offensive line again this is through the scope of them winning the super bowl not them being good but the one thing that that i will keep coming back to with the rams I think they have the best coach in the NFL right now. Yeah. I really do. I, I agree with that so right they're there. not going anywhere. You know, one of the things to watch going forward, because it's week one, I'm not going to build a church either way, whether it's good or bad for anybody on week one. I'm just not going to do it. Um, but one of the things I think right now that has got your attention, if you are a Rams fan, is that offensive line. And whether or not that offensive line is going to be able to give Matthew Stafford the protection that he needs. Because they did make changes on the offensive line. Yeah. So it's, it's not just like, oh, they, just, they don't have the, the same left guys. tackle. Yeah, it's kind of a big change to make on the offensive line. All right, we come back. We'll get you caught up with all of the top sports stories of the day, including the official return of Marcus Golden. That's next. It's Wolfing Down Your Lunch on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.